1: Over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm
2: ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley.
0: It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury!
2: Twas
3: was the night before the preseason opener, Wolf.
0: Doom. Yeah.
3: Went all through the Red Sea. Not a starter was stirring. Except for three. Zayvon Marco Willa Hernandez. <laughs> Cardinals Cleats were hung by their lockers with care in hopes that a roster spot would soon be there. The coaches were nestled all snug in their beds with visions of air-free and injury-free football dancing in their heads. When out on the great lawn, there arose such a clatter. It was the Turk with a preseason proclamation that games might not count, but they matter.
0: (laughs) Paul, what are you doing? What are you doing right now, honestly? You're, you're, it's Preseason
3: it's, openers tomorrow night, and I'm just thinking, you know, it's kind of like a holiday, right? It's a holiday to football fans. The season is going. I thought I'd get into the holiday spirit. Boom, we get some football out there. Once again, it might not count. But it matters, and that's our intro, Wolf, to the Big Red Raid, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan
0: Ford. Paul can I just tell you right now, for this wedge buster, you freaked me out right there. <laughs> I'm looking at my calendar on my phone. What, what date is it? Okay, Paul, next.
3: It's Christmas in August. It's That's that's the way we're, we're thinking of this right now. Wolf, after over two weeks of camp practices, are you not ready for a game?
0: No, there's no doubt about it, Paulie. Friday night, I cannot wait. In particular, I would have to say, because there is going to be an appearance by some starters. Some guys, the Arizona Cardinals, are definitely going to depend on to take a vast majority of the reps this year. You've got Will Hernandez as a guy that is going to actually play on Friday night. Cannot wait to see this brawler. you got Zavin Collins. Zaven Collins, how many reps will he get? Maybe 15? Over 15? Maybe over 20 reps? Who knows? And then, of course, Marco Wilson is out there. Devon Kennard as well. You, you've got some guys the Arizona Cardinals are going to look to and depend on to actually be starters this year that are going to play on friday night paulie
3: yeah it's the quarterbacks though that'll be most conspicuous and by the way moments away cam turner quarterbacks coach and co-passing game coordinator will join us on the big red rage so we're going to get to the bottom of a few issues in camp of course the media obviously has been all over the head coach on a daily basis for an update on Kyla Murray and first it was COVID then it was trying to acclimate him back you know and maybe making too many throws early because he reported with the rookies and maybe or maybe not had something to do with the wrist so Cliff Kingsbury today for example asked about okay Kyla Murray and then his center Rodney Hudson what's the latest?
4: We feel good about his progression next week I think he'll be back out there and uh, we'll still be smart but just get him the team reps building that rapport hopefully we get Rodney Hudson back at some point next week and can get uh, get the band back together and, and start moving forward as a first offensive unit.
3: You know it's the preseason when you look at the depth chart, and Kyla Murray is your four-string quarterback in the down-is-up depth chart that the Cardinals put out for this first preseason game. By the way, Dave Pash, very appreciative as a guy who does a spotting board, right? Because they're telling you who exactly is going to play and who is not. And Kyler Murray is a fourth-string quarterback. He's not going against the Bengals.
0: Yeah, Paulie, you play-by-play, guys. You're just so high-maintenance. Will you knock it off, please? I mean, I understand what it's all about, and I get it. Um, It did make a lot of sense. You know what, though? I looked at that depth chart, Paulie, and I saw it as a prove-it chart. How prove so? it. How so? Well, just looking at some of the guys that I think are going to be starters, I already mentioned it. I, Will Hernandez. Do you think Will Hernandez, Paulie, is going to be the right guard for the Arizona Cardinals? I, I Yes. Would, yes. I, I would, I think we'd agree on that right there. And yet, he's listed as a starter when every other guy on that offensive line is third team, fourth team, if you know what I mean, Paulie. So to me, once again, they're going to give Will Hernandez some reps. I think it's a situation they just want to see a little grease from this guy. They want to see him actually get out there, kind of like having a new toy, Polly, kind of like having a new ride, and you can't wait to jump in your Mustang, Paul, your new Mustang, and go for a ride, because that's – Exactly the way I think they look at Will Hernandez right now. They want to take that guy for a little spin out there on Friday night. Yeah, no doubt.
3: You don't truly know what you have until you have a game situation. And then you have some game film to evaluate. So I would totally agree with that. Also, I'm guessing they want to get them acclimated into the playbook. And if there's going to be checks at the line and trying to learn the system. For example, a couple of new guys have said, you know, it's new getting used to the hand signals. Now, that usually applies more to the weapons and the interior offensive linemen. But, yeah, look, there's a checklist. The head coach, he knows what he wants to see. And, of course, the media asked him that uh, yesterday, right, the obligatory, okay, coach, what do you want from the preseason opener?
4: This is a culmination of a lot of hard work for a lot of these young guys to get out there and show what they can do. So I, I really enjoy the preseason games, and um, I'd say it's more evaluation than anything. And then we want to see how they take what they got right, what they got wrong, and, and move forward into game two. And uh, so it'll be a good starting point.
0: Oh, Paul I love that right there. Oh, really? It's going to be more of an evaluation, is it really? Because Zayvon Collins is going to be starting as well, Paulie. Zavin Collins going back to the prove-it chart. Once again, not the depth chart, the prove-it chart going into Friday night and playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Zavin Collins, I think. Zaven thinks he's going to get more than 15 reps. At least that's what he told me. He thinks he's going to get more than 15 reps in this game. Prove it. Here's a young guy that is making his way. Here's a young guy that you know that Cliff Kingsbury wants to see. Vance Joseph wants to see go out there and play in all different kinds of down and distances, not just rundown situation, first and 10, second and one to six, but also third and obvious pass situations. They want to see Zayvon Collins. They want him to go out there on a prove it mentality and, and take some reps. And then you've got Marco Wilson as well, Polly. Marco Wilson, you're familiar with the comments of Cliff Kingsbury challenging Marco Wilson, saying the jury is still out, that he needs more consistency in his play, that's another guy that is listed as a starter that we know had a great season through the first 12, 13 weeks of last season before he tailed off at the end, hit a rookie wall. He had a great season. So there's a lot of young guys that have to prove it, Paul.
3: If you're playing, if you're starting this game, that means you do not have a starting spot wrapped up in a lot of cases. For example, Byron Murphy Jr. is four-string. Nick Vigil is four-string. They're both, I would think, considered slam-dunk starters right now at their two respective positions. But Zavin Collins, just based on the fact he didn't get very many defensive snaps a year ago because of the injury and performance, Zavin Collins, if he can't go out there against a Villanova offense and mostly backups for the Bengals, if he doesn't look dominant or at least adequate – then, yeah, that would be a giant red flag. And then, of course, Marco Wilson, who's been put on semi-blast by the head coach, who just needs to see more, at least needs to see consistency out of a corner they hope and expect to be a top-two guy. But until he absolutely just nails it shot they're not handing it to either guy.
0: Yeah, Paulie, can I just say this quickly as well? This is growth, I think, from Cliff Kingsbury, from the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Have you ever heard... Cliff Kingsbury call a player out, Paul? Uh, honestly, I'm trying no. to remember. No, Paulie, you, you no. have not heard that. I, I, I haven't heard that either. And when I heard Cliff Kingsbury say what he did. About Marco Wilson, once again, a guy that was the talk of training camp last season and played extremely, exceedingly, exceedingly well through the first 12 weeks of last season. Now, all of a sudden, you've got Cliff Kingsbury calling out a player saying, We got to see more. And I love it. That's growth out of our head coach. Until
3: this year, what was his MO? He would take the blame. But in a lot of cases, it was unwarranted. But he would be the guy who took the arrows from the media and took the blame and stepped in front of the player and would deflect. But now, look, I just think it's in line with everything we've talked about, Wolf. This has been an off-season of accountability. Last year was an off-season of bringing in leadership. This year it's been an off-season of bringing in Accountability, Right down to hard knocks coming to town. Another layer of accountability. The head coach holding players accountable with the press. So, once again, Cliff Kingsbury, you mentioned some of the names, but he was officially asked if any starters, guys he considers starters right now, will go against the Bengals.
4: Not a ton. I mean, we're going to play some guys who have a chance. Like Zavin will play some. Um, Gardek will play some. Marco on defense. Offensively, yeah, not... not too many guys that I think will will crack that starting lineup.
3: You heard Gardak there too. That, that that's a. Interesting. Now we know Marcus Golden has been out with what they're calling a toe injury and and maybe Devon Kennard. That battle still up for grabs with with Dennis Gardek. But would you not say that Dennis Gardek looks much more like the 2020 version than the 2021 version coming off the ACL? Yeah,
0: Paulie, he does. Uh, There's no doubt. Dennis Gardek. And again, remember, you're talking about a defensive coordinator in Vance Joseph. Whether you like Vance Joseph or not, you need to understand he built his reputation in the National Football League at the highest level our species can generate on five-man pressures and bringing five-man pressures. Six-man blitzes or more, of course, if you're going to go cover zero, and five-man pressure packages, complex pressure packages where you didn't know which five are actually coming. That is what Vance Joseph is known for in the National Football League. He schemes a lot of pressures. And if you want proof on that, you look at Hassan Reddick and you look at Dennis Gardek. Those two guys in particular, you're scheming up sacks.
3: A little bit later, we're going to talk about who specifically we want to see, especially some of the young guys. But to me, Cardinals go into this game, and there's been a lot of, uh, I, I guess, consternation to a degree over okay, wait a minute, are, are they bringing any sort of time-time signs in? Are they going to bring any proven veterans off the street at corner or edge? Well, i think we can read into this they want to see what they have when marco wilson is starting when antonio hamilton is going as well when uh, dennis gardek is going i think they want to really evaluate what they have in terms of an edge rush in terms of that cornerback room and then decide accordingly if they have to go outside this team and invest some money all right our guest tonight is fifth year with the cardinals named qb's coach last year co-passing game coordinator this year what's the next step for kyler What's he getting from calling plays, Kyler? And what's the deal with the green hat? Cam Turner is next. The Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.
2: Here comes Kyler Murray, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, and the future of the franchise takes the field for the first time.
0: That is a great throw, a great read by kyler murray well you could just see it kyler murray and the confidence starting to grow they have seen the heisman trophy winner a winner
2: his whole life backing it up with his play at the 30 at the 20 at the 15 10 5 touchdown kyler murray you are ridiculous
0: murray magic nasty is as nasty does And we all know that Kyler Murray is nasty.
2: The stuff you see in dreams and in video games, but not in the NFL.
3: And we've all had a front row seat the last three years to a rookie of the year, a couple of Pro Bowls, uh, more highlights than we have time for, but nobody has had a seat like our guest tonight on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert as we welcome in Cam Turner, quarterbacks coach and now co-passing game coordinator. I mean, when I say front row seat, Cam, you're, you're sitting next to Kyler Murray, the majority of every game, correct? Yeah, every game since since he got here. And I'm a little thrown, I'll be honest with you. I need to confirm that, you know, I don't know, maybe I should ask for ID or something because you're not wearing the green hat, okay? You know, so it throws me a little bit. Uh, how much notoriety do you get for the green hat? Because talking to Darren Urban, azcardinals.com, he, he does get mailbag questions, hey, where can I get a green hat like Coach Turner?
5: Yeah, I get it. Um, especially from my family—my mom, dad, sisters—and then the random emails or calls I'll get, you know, to my office phone, um, which is interesting. And I guess they don't sell it at the team store, so people are trying to find it. So people actually find your direct extension and yes. they leave voicemails yeah, I've lo- gotten asking. Voicemails. Yes. <laughs>
3: That's good. That's some good investigative work by the Red Sea. I wish I could help
5: them, but I don't have an answer.
3: And why? What's behind the green hat as long as we're there?
5: You know, just with our style of offense, where we're, we're up tempo, no huddle type offense, a lot of communication is coming from the sideline to the receivers, running backs, tight ends, what formation we're in, who's on and off the field. They know directly to look at the sideline and they can find the green hat and they can. I'm going to tell him who's on the field and where to line up.
3: Gotcha. It's interesting. You just wrapped up a practice and role reversal. We saw Kyler wearing the headset.
5: Yes, that was fun.
3: <laughs> it is fun. I, you know. So it, to what degree is he, is he really calling plays? I think I heard him say, no, no, no. I'm just reading these plays. They're already scripted. But then I see him you know, pointing. and. Dr- what do you think he's learning in that process? Is, is there some valuable insight that he's gleaning perhaps?
5: So it's a little, a little of both. He's reading from a script practice is scripted but within that period that is scripted there's checks and he's in the quarterback's ear he's saying if they do this do that we can get to this play um, check out of this but then we go two minute at the end of practice and he is true calling it live you know no script he has a call sheet with all of our inventory everything that we put in um, to date and he's calling it you know with the 42nd clock and everything's going on and situationally penalties and clocks he's he's handling it well that's good and 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 what do you hope he learns about that aspect of the game i think there's different things you think about as a play caller you know you have to look ahead all right if this is incomplete or if this is complete inbounds it's two minute there's a lot of situational things he has to think about um you know our clock management coach rogers was on the sideline with us and he said all right we're gonna take a timeout if it's inbounds so he's thinking of plays where we can get out of bounds or what the next play is going to be um, and what formation we have to get into. Hmm.
3: Cam Turner, our guest, quarterbacks coach, co-passing game coordinator. So what do you think is the next step for Kyler this season?
5: You know, I think a lot of it is the mental part. You know, he's got every physical tool you could imagine, you know, but everyone can get better mentally and seeing the field and just getting the experience and getting the protection right, getting into a different play and, from the day he got here, he's come a long way as far as learning it and soaking it all in and having great ideas. And He's always being creative and thinking of ideas and bringing them up to us, which is we love it. It's awesome because he's the one out there. Yeah. We only get a little slice of what really happens, but multiple times
3: last year, we heard stories that Cardinals would score, have a big chunk play, and a lot of it was the direct result of Kyler making a check at the line of scrimmage. Oh, yeah, right? all
5: the time. I mean, he has a great feel for it, and um, he's always in attacking mode. So if he's seeing something he wants to attack, he's going to call it and attack it, and he has that freedom.
3: I, I had a, a marketing mantra when he first arrived, come for the arm, stay for the legs, and then we've added fear of the mind, right? Yes. Because now if he can start beating defenses between the ear holes, look out, right?
5: No doubt. And he's gotten, I mean, his football knowledge is great. You know, his his instincts, and he has a great feel for the game. It's just learning how we do things and what concepts he can get to in our system, and out of what protections and all that. But as far as instincts and feel for the game, it's the best I've ever been around.
3: Cam Turner, our guest here on the Big Red Rage, quarterback's coach. And it was interesting because it was Kurt Warner came on the Big Red Rage recently, said to him, and then David Carr on NFL Network said the exact same thing, that the key for Kyler, any young quarterback, is making the layups, taking the easy completions, that sometimes they'll neglect an easy completion and they'll look downfield when you know the better choice it's just to go with the easy throw. Uh, and To what degree do you think is that something that, that he can improve on?
5: Sure. I mean, I think that's a huge part of the game, right? It's a, it's a difficult position. It's a difficult game. So when you are presented with an opportunity to take a gimme, if you will, you got to take it. And you can't pass one up to try to get something bigger and better because there's no guarantees that's going to be there. So that's always an emphasis. And, you know, we love our one-on-one matchups with our receivers we have. And Anytime we can get one-on-one with a good look, you know, we're picking our guys.
3: Last question on your four-string quarterback, and then we'll move on to who's playing. <laughs> Did I say that because a depth chart came out, and it's <laughs> jarring to see Kyler Murray as a four-string yes. quarterback. But as Dave Pash, voice of the Cardinals, we were talking, you know, we appreciate the depth chart because it really tells us who's playing Friday against Cincinnati. You know, a lot is made about Kyler Murray and on the sideline, and a lot of those times he's sitting next to you, and the camera catches him. Justin Pugh brought up that, you know what, if – you put a camera on me the entirety of the game, you would get a variety of reactions. And as the sideline reporter, you don't see Kyler Murray coming down and talking to the offensive lineman, good or bad. Sometimes he's giving them props. Sometimes there's a kick in the tail pad. Last year in Nashville, Tennessee, you saw players coming off the field. He was holding them accountable as the franchise quarterback, whether it was a rookie like Rondell Moore, whether it was DeAndre Hopkins. So there's a lot that fans don't necessarily see on the sideline. They only get a quick glimpse from a sideline camera,
5: correct? I agree, 100%. He is loving him up. He is getting him going. He's hey, here's our, here's how we're changing this with the receivers. Be ready for this check. Um, he is in constant communication on the sideline with myself, you know, the skill guys, the offensive line. Um, yeah, that camera pans on him. If, if a camera was on me all game, I'd be guilty as well because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, highs and lows for the game, so.
3: So what are you looking forward to the most, actually uh, teeing it up and going against the Bengals preseason style, but what are you looking for where do you think this team is at on offense and, in particular, the passing game?
5: You know, I'm I'm excited, obviously, about the quarterbacks. Um, Trace, you know, he's, he's in his fourth year, and then we got Jarrett, who's a rookie. Um, I'm, I'm excited about both of them. They've been practicing well. They, they've handled everything mentally, I mean, very well. I'm excited about them and then along with the skill guys. Because you put the you go into a game and it's a live bullets start flying, you can see who can break tackles. you can see who's a gamer who can make guys miss. Um, that's what I'm excited about
3: when it comes to Trace McSorley, um he's got an intriguing skill set, doesn't he?
5: Yes, very. Um, you know, looking at him coming out of college, we actually went to go visit him, worked him out, um, and happens he's with us now, um, but we loved him coming out of college. we love his skill set, and um, very bright understands the game very athletic can run and can make all the throws so you know I'm excited to get him out there and and let him do what he does
3: yet in the red white I-, I thought Jared Garantano he had a couple of plays he showed the athleticism evading an all-out blitz coming to the near sideline and he threw on the run a rope down the sideline Greg Dortch snagged it mm-hmm. and I mean you saw a little bit of everything on just that single play by Garantano who I guess originally was at Tennessee and then most recently from Washington State right
5: yes and he his Washington State career was one year and he only played I think two quarters. He had an injury so um, that kind of he was kind of under the radar as far as the draft and all that. Um, big guy big arm can make all the throws and you see the one he made in the scrimmage on the sideline it was unbelievable rolling to his right laid it out there with a nice touch and it was a completion it was one of the better throws at Canada.
3: There's a lot of weapons out there, isn't there? I mean, and there's a lot of opportunity for some of these younger, unknown receivers to make an impression and put some film out there. Maybe, if not for the Cardinals, 31
5: other teams. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a lot of NFL receivers on our roster that, that should be playing on some team on Sundays.
3: Has Kyler gotten any complaints? You know, when he's, when he's got the headset on, he anybody complaining about their targets with <laughs> oh, Kyler? You know? Oh, I'm sure. They're all, <laughs> I'm sure they all are. How about a couple of guys who seemingly have stood out? A Greg Dorch. Maybe a Victor Bolden Jr., smaller guys. Yeah, I was talking with Wolf on the side, like Andy Isabella hasn't dropped a pass in camp. There's a role for that smaller, quick guy, especially if Rondell Moore is going to be more of a downfield-type receiver this year. Correct? Right.
5: I think both. I mean, the inside slot guy, the shifty, find the windows, and then the outside guy who's going to take the top off the defense and um, really stretch the field vertically. But, yeah, definitely, I mean, Greg Dorich and, and Andre, uh, all those guys have been making plays, and I'm excited to see him in, in the games.
3: Cam Turner, our guest, quarterback's coach, co-passing game coordinator. So what does a Hollywood Brown do? Once the regular season starts and once we see him out there in a real game, what do you think Hollywood Brown does for this offense?
5: I mean, I think he's going to be electric. You know, you see him, we've seen glimpses of him catch the ball and just take off, separate, top of the route. Um, we just, as a coaching staff, we have to do a good job of getting him the ball, finding ways to get him the ball, be creative, um and and let those guys do what they do best
3: i was i was watching a little bit of of a game last year i think it was dallas and there was 13 personnel people don't realize
5: yeah first play of the game
3: right you click, there you go that that, that clip three tight ends out yeah. there yes and greg dorch made a big catch absolutely uh considering your tight end room this year when healthy what do you think that means for this cardinals offense and just in general this cardinals offense what do you think the evolution looks like here in
5: year 4 I think we can continue to be versatile in in personnel. You know, go three tight ends, which you mentioned, 13 personnel. Um, We major in 11 personnel, which is three receivers. But I think you can do everything in between. You can do with two running backs on the field. You can go two tight ends. and You can just be versatile and make defenses work on a lot of different things. True or false,
3: when this Cardinals offense was really firing last year, the run game, was a critical part. The run game was successful last year when the offense was really averaging 30-plus a game.
5: Oh, absolutely. That, that's a huge part of, I'd say, any offense. You know, get that running game going, and that's why it's huge we got James Conner back. Um, but that is that is very important for our offense and to, to run the ball and then also to open up the play action and, um, you know, all the counters off of it. And down the
3: stretch, I think there was only one game where Chase and James were healthy and playing together. Right. So if you can get that one-two punch, you know, an Eno Benjamin, a uh, Daryl Williams, et cetera, behind him, do you, do you envision that being a dual role that running back and enough touches for both guys?
5: I think so. You know, because um, that's a hard position to play. So you want to keep them fresh, um, roll them in and out, and and get those guys going. Have a plan for James. Have a plan for Eno. Have a plan for Daryl. And and let it go and keep those guys fresh.
3: How's the throwing arm, by the way, as a former
5: college quarterback, you know? Are you on a pitch count? How's I'm on a very limited pitch <laughs> count and about under 10 yards. So,
3: <laughs> All right, last question for Cam Turner. Um, no D-hop first six weeks. What didn't happen the end of last season that needs to happen this season?
5: You know, I just think we have to do a good job as a staff as, as far as game planning and playing to our guys' strengths, to Hollywood, to Zach Ertz, everyone's strengths, you know, A.J., and um, just have a good rotation and kind of overcome that for six weeks. But we're definitely going to miss him. I think yeah. He's he's an unbelievable player.
3: It obviously makes a quarterback's job easier, you know, just throwing to D-Hop. But does it make it easier to read coverage when D-Hop gets all that attention?
5: We definitely see different coverages. When he's not in, you know, we're seeing different coverages, different philosophies by the defense. Um, I don't know if it's easier or it's different, you know, because you're you're getting different things. But when you have him out there, you you know – pretty much what you're getting. That's
3: right. All right. Well, yeah, what's the saying about, right? You're going to get exposed or get exposure in these preseason games, right, when the lights come on? No doubt. Yeah, and A.J. Green will be the uh, center of attention down there on the sidelines. So, uh, no, we look forward to it this year, Coach. We appreciate the insight, and I think everyone's looking forward to, A, where the offense goes kyla murray as well and we'll look for you in the green hat down to the sideline this year
5: sounds good i'll be there thanks for having me <laughs> yeah.
3: there's cam turner everyone we'll be back with more on the big red rage presented by santan ford right after this
0: Job at the point of attack, right there. It seemed like DJ Humphreys got a nice block. DJ Humphreys pumping his chest
2: and his fist after the Cardinals move the
0: sticks. Yeah, DJ Humphreys really has been a plus. Has a hole up the middle to the 35 yard line. Huge hole. Great job by DJ Humphreys at the point.
4: If you had told me this in 2015, that first, you know, I mean, that first rookie minicap that this was going to be the case eight years later. I probably would have laughed at you. You know what I mean? But being on this side of it, man, it's, it's definitely sweet, man, being able to, you know, secure my future here and know that I'll be able to be here. I always wanted to play for one team, so knowing that I'm able to be in that position and continue to keep that dream alive is huge for me.
3: D.J. Humphreys during the beginning of camp after his three-year contract extension, $51 million in total value, $33 million guaranteed it's almost like a proud parent wolf you and me right dj empries former player host of this show we we, we've literally watched him grow up from a really young and and by his own admission immature 20 year old to what he is now one of the best left tackles in the game
0: yeah no doubt about it bolly it is kind of cool to see that and that's got to be so rewarding as well Inside an organization, you go ahead, you draft a guy high, and then you develop him. You, you see him grow through some of the valleys, of course. You see him grow uh, in terms of handling the peaks, even in doing that with wisdom and strength. And that certainly has been the case with DJ Humphreys. This is a guy that has grown up, as you said, Paulie, before our eyes, um, but more so off the field maybe than even on the field. Yeah.
3: And you know what? A big reason why was Chandler Jones. It's this time of year where he got better. He got better going against Chandler Jones all those years in Cardinals camp. And now he's counted on. Rarely does he get help. I asked Cliff Kingsbury about that. Rarely do they send someone over to his side to help out a chip block or any anything like that. So they're counting on him big time. And, and you know, it's funny because it's almost like we're back two years ago. Wolf there's a narrative out there from some of the national media that the Cardinals' O-line is a weakness again. And I'm just wondering what your take on that is and and, and where do you, do you consider it a strength? Do you consider it a question mark? Where are you on this Cardinals' yeah. offensive line? Because in fact, let's hear from Sean Kugler because he mentioned how the starting group is pretty much set here Sean Kugler the O-line coach.
4: You know, I think our starting fives uh, close to being set. There's still guys battling for spots, but most of the battles are for backup spots and trying to be that uh, seventh or eighth guy on game day and and then making the active rosters. And again, we get a lot of really good battles at those spots. And I couldn't tell you which one of those guys is going to stand out. It's really going to depend on the preseason games.
0: For me, Paulie, right now, I look at the Cardinals offensive line, I see an above-average offensive line with Will Hernandez as your right guard and with Rodney Hudson back at center. you got to remember, four of the five guys are coming back, guys who actually played together last year. Three of the five have played together for years, Paulie, so... I look at this situation where I think it is going to be an above-average offensive line right now. And keep in mind, Paulie, you don't need to have a top-ten offensive line to win in the National Football League. You don't. You, You go back and you look at it. What you need is an offensive line that is good enough, Paulie, to allow your skill, your talent, to do what they do. Does that make sense, Paul? Well, you know what's remarkable?
3: They're taking on the Bengals. And when you look at some of the Bengals' info from last year and their run to the Super Bowl, you forget that Joe Burrow, including the playoffs, was sacked 70 times. Yes. And they still made the Super Bowl. Yes. It's remarkable. Now, they went out and they tried to find three new starters in the offseason. It was definitely a need. Uh, they can't let that happen to their franchise quarterback much longer. or He won't be around much longer. But to your point, somehow – The Bengals made that offensive line work where Joe Burrow was able to still execute the offense.
0: That's right, Paulie. And again, you don't have to have the greatest man. You just got to have guys that are going to be pros. I look at this offensive line right now with Will Hernandez. Paulie, Will Hernandez is the baby. (laughs) He's going into his fifth year, Paul. Will Hernandez is the baby. This guy, he looks like a baby. This guy is a starter and has been a starter in the National Football League for a long time now, going into his fifth. This is a veteran. This is a hardcore veteran going into his fifth year right now. And I like the offensive line now that Rodney Hudson, of course, has come back. And we'll see how it goes. But over the last two years, there's not a position room on the Arizona Cardinals roster that has been attacked and much maligned, more than the offensive line. And, man, I'll tell you what, it's just not the case. Now, injuries last year when Rodney Hudson in particular went down, yeah, that was bad. It was not great. The end of the season, yeah, uh, it was bad. They had some really, really bad games, in particular against the Rams. The last couple of time they played the Rams, Polly. But having said that overall, once again, I think this is going to be an above-average offensive line for the Cardinals. well and
3: if you want to talk about injuries i'll go all the way back to justin murray early in september of last year because right guard was a liability pretty much all season especially against aaron donald and so it's no fluke that they went out and got will hernandez and you know what will hernandez has every reason to be mighty motivated this year he's on a one-year contract his pro football rating, right, pro football focus rating went down every single year of his career. He said his best season, and he agrees, was his rookie year. And I'll also tell you there was a lot of Sean Coogler on that tape. Yep. That was his college coach. So he came here for a reason. He didn't break the bank coming here. So, look, there's a lot on the line for a Will Hernandez on both parties because the Cardinals, that was a liability last year, that particular position. So if the starters are set – Really the question, starting with this game tomorrow night, is, okay, uh, who's going to fill out the rest of the room? As Justin Pugh said recently, it's been a competitive camp for the O-line group.
1: We have a lot of competition in our offensive line room, and I always say this every year. The more competition you have, the better. We played 14 different offensive linemen last year, so you have to have guys ready to play. So having Harlow getting valuable reps, having Josh Jones getting valuable reps, that's great for our team.
0: You know what I love about it, Paulie, the backups right now? What, what, Paul? What are you laughing at? Is that true?
3: 14 different old linemen played last year? Is that accurate?
0: Yeah, Paulie. Yeah, no, I was was blown away when I heard that as well. No, I'm with you on that, Paul. That is an incredible number right there. But once again, I like three guys in particular, and I would say one of the three, they're interchangeable with another. But Sean Harlow, of course, would be a guy that is more center- than anything else and i see him making this team justin murray is more guard even though he's played tackle and he's played it very very well remember the first year justin murray was here 12 games paul he went out and started for the arizona cardinals justin murray is more guard though than i see tackle josh jones is more tackle than i see as a guard Yet, at the same time, we know that Justin Murray can play tackle and play guard, and Josh Jones can play tackle, of course, and play guard. But then, there's also Coward, the new guy, Paul, and he's turning some heads.
3: What was interesting is they actually had him attack a little bit, Rashad Coward, who who has NFL experience. He started over a dozen games in this league, so I think he's made enough of an impression early in this camp that they're now seeing, okay, what is his position flexibility because I think he came in and he was touted as as a backup guard or interior offensive lineman. And then there's two rookies who are going to get a long look in the preseason Number fifty four, Lasita Smith, who's a guard by trade, but has played a lot of center out of necessity without Rodney Hudson in this camp. And then Marquise Hayes. Lasita Smith is a sixth rounder. Marquise Hayes is a seventh rounder out of Oklahoma. The, the rep on Marquise Hayes is he has a bit of nasty in him as well. And and I'm guessing, Wolf, I mean, you've watched a lot of the offensive line. Sean kugler is going to have an eye on those two rookies in this game.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt, Paulie. They're going to get an awful lot of reps right now. And, again, you got to remember the practice squad. I think they're going to keep nine. That's what I think. I think they'll keep nine players on the 53. And I think we've already talked about those backups, those four guys in particular right there. But I think, once again, with the practice squad, you can always keep 10, 11, 12 offensive linemen. I've seen as many as 12 if, in fact, you like some of these young guys right here. But it's going to be very interesting to see the development of Lucita Smith in particular. There's a guy that I think his future is center in the National Football League. Not oh. guard. I think it's more center, Pauline it's because of his anchor, man. He's got a – Paul, he's got an anchor right now. He's going to sit that thing down. And when he sits that thing down, man, you're not going to move him very much.
3: How about Eno Benjamin saying that ever since his ASU days that he likes to go into the offensive line room and watch film with the offensive linemen, that it helps him as a running back to see reads and play quick. Have you ever heard of that before, Wolf, as a guy who spent a lot of years in a running back room.
0: Yeah, you know, Paulie. no. I, I would go in and watch a lot of tape in terms of protection with the offensive linemen. I did that a lot, as a matter of fact, Paulie. But um, in terms of a running back going in and looking at some of the synergy between the offensive line and a running back in terms of running the ball, I've never heard that before.
3: Interesting. Hey, Cardinal season tickets available now. Go to azcardinals.com slash season. For more info, that's azcardinals.com slash season. All right, let's name some names and numbers. Who's worth watching Friday night in Cincinnati? That is next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. it off no running room off the
2: right side in fact a loss of two on the play zayvon collins the first guy
0: there and that is a big man coming down from the weak side shooting the gap Zabin collins again
2: throws over the middle tipped into the air and incomplete he was going for his tight end pass was off the mark zayvon collins had coverage that time and it's fourth down saving collins Bats that
0: ball into the air with all of that great length.
2: Use check in motion. It is a quarterback. Drop the middle. Lance's hit. Drives the legs forward. Going to be close. The 49ers are short. Zayvon Collins with the tackle.
0: Savin Collins, the rookie, at 260, playing downhill. Came in and laid some lumber, baby.
3: We started this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert talking with the green hat. Cam Turner, co-passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach. Now we're talking about the green dot in a way. Will it be Zayman Collins? Will it be a veteran like a Nick Vigil? Will it be a guy who figures to be on the field for every single snap like a Jalen Thompson? Does that make the most sense? Does it matter at all who's wearing the green dot? When you consider last year, Ron Wolfley, that the world champion L.A. Rams had at least four, if not five different defensive players over the course of the season wear the green dot communicating with a defensive coordinator on that side of the ball. Yeah,
0: Paulie, it is a great observation by you right there. You know, it's really interesting because whoever's going to wear that green dot, of course – There's a lot of trust coming in from the defensive coordinator, whoever that is, to get the call right. A lot of the verbiage that goes with it. But it was interesting. I was talking to Zavin Collins, just having a conversation with him recently about that very thing. And whether you're wearing the green dot or not, what I like is Zavin Collins is the one that is making a lot of checks on the line of scrimmage, whether he's got the green dot or not, making a lot of checks. At the line, Paulie, and getting everyone else lined up. I love that. That's good for him, and that speaks to some of the growth we're seeing.
3: Because honestly, if you would have had me guess, I would have guessed the exact opposite. Because, you know, look, to just repeat what the coaches told you via the headset isn't that big a deal. The real acumen and expertise comes in diagnosing quickly what an offense is doing and then making those adjustments and getting it to your 10 teammates, right?
0: Exactly, right, Polly. So hopefully Zaven Collins definitely is growing in that that regard because Polly, you got to be able to see it before you can think and you got to be able to see it and think before you can do, does that make sense? and Absolutely. for me, Zaven Collins is growing where he's seeing it with his eyes, and then he's thinking correctly. And now he's just got to do, and that's what Friday night is all about. Go do because you
3: can have all the size and the athleticism in the world, but if you're hesitant, then you're not going to be able to play that seek and destroy type right. of football they need out of their mic linebacker there's a lot of guys who are way past their time who stayed in the league for a long time like remember larry foot it's just because he was always a step he might have been a step he was a step slow but he was always a step ahead mentally of the offense because he knew where to be and what hold a plug etc so you have that okay all eyes on zavin collins no doubt about it how about third round rookie my Jay sanders off the edge here's outside linebackers coach charlie bullen on the red sea report on what he wants to see from my Jay sanders He has length, quickness, and flexibility. He can bend on the edge. You know, his thing will be, can he win with power? And I always say you have to be able to win with power in this league to win consistently. If you're a one-trick pony off the edge, the tackles can set for that, play to it, and just run you by. So you have to be able to win with power. It doesn't have to be old-school bull rush, hat-in-hands, I'm stronger than you, but... For someone like Maje, the hope and thought is that he wins with speed on the edge, gets him to lean, and now he can, with angles and leverage and timing, can work some push-by power as opposed to just raw strength
0: power. Yeah, I know, Paulie. Uh, Sure, Sanders and watching him, there's no doubt it's a big topic with the Arizona Cardinals, their edge, and who's going to play on the edge. And could this young guy, Sanders, could he be responsible for actually growing and developing and coming off the edge? No doubt about it. For me, I just want to say quickly, once again, the fact that Will Hernandez, (laughs) Will Hernandez, the Bronham Bull, Paulie, is going to get the opportunity to go out out there put the silks on and grease it up at right guard that's what i want to see i want to see how many reps how many reps are they really going to give their starting right guard even though he's new i know they want to take him for a test drive i know they want to see him on tape how many reps are they going to give him and for me paulie how many pancakes does he get in those reps
3: And then, of course, there's the cornerback room coming full circle. Marco Wilson, we talked about him. Josh Jackson. Okay, what's the look? And then there's the seventh round rookie out of Valdosta State, six foot two, Christian Matthew. And his name came up when the media asked Cliff Kingsbury who he's looking forward to seeing on Friday night.
4: Christian Matthew's a guy I want to see play live. He's gotten better each day. Um, Played at a small school, but has come in and really been diligent in, in attacking our scheme and, and the work ethic. Anything we ask him to do, if he screws something up, he gets it right the next time. And so we'll see how he responds when the lights are on.
0: Paul, I mean, just... isn't he out of Valdosta State? Yep. Isn't yep. he? Yep. Yes, Paul! Yes. How about that, Paulie? I mean, think about it. This is the guy that was wearing mitts, was he not?
3: He was one of them. He was definitely one of them. There were three guys at one point wearing mitts because uh, Cliff Kingsbury had, had enough of the corners <laughs> holding his receivers. Not only is that a flag, but it's disrupting the timing in the coach's offense and his scheme. So, uh, yes, they, they, they were penalized accordingly. But that's You know what? You've seen it in other camps as well. This is now a thing for DBs who are made to wear either the mitts or you know so to prevent the grabbing but look as someone told me he's so long at six foot two with such length that if he can just stay with a receiver he's going to be in a position to make a play and 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 just and just swarm a a receiver so that's intriguing as well and
0: here's the only other thing i'll say quickly about this paulie is we're mentioning some of these guys see these young guys who not a lot of expectation has been put on them I can tell you there's always a couple of rookies, whether they're undrafted free agents or draft picks, wherever they were drafted, that really shine in these preseason games in training camp as well. That's going to be interesting to watch. Who might that be, Pauly, this year?
3: Well, we heard Cam Turner, right, earlier. And he was saying, like, for receivers, you don't know who can break a tackle and who can't because you're not tackling to the ground in camp. So Greg Dorch has looked great. Victor Bolton Jr. has looked great. But these guys are 5'7", 5'8". What do they like games? Andy Isabella. Trace
0: McSorley, Paul. Yep. Can't wait to see him. Yep.
3: And Jared Garantano, who's yes. going to probably get the second half. He's made some plays. Big arm, big kid. So, yeah, there's plenty to watch on Friday night against the Cincinnati Bengals. Hey, Cardinals single game tickets available now. Go to azcardinals.com slash tickets to secure your seats today. azcardinals.com slash tickets. Special thanks to QB's coach, passing game co-coordinator Cam Turner. For Jim Omohundro and Zach Larson, Ron Wolfley, i Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. We're on to Cincinnati. Ciao.